Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. All right, so what we see first off the bat is detestable things. It says, if you return, O Israel, declares the Lord to me, you, you should return. And I think, honestly, this is something that as a nation, I read that, and when as I was going over that this week, I kept thinking to myself, when are we going to return? When are we going to wake up? I've told you all this before. I was born in 1968. My father thought at that time the world was ending. Martin Luther King had been killed. Robert F. Kennedy had been killed. We were in a war in Vietnam. We had just finished up a war in Korea. We had the hippies, the love movement. Um, it was every, everything in the nation was running from God. And it's the same thing that's happening today. There's nothing new under the sun, as Solomon said. Detestable things. Uh, you know, if you remove your detestable things from my presence and do not waver, and if you swear as the Lord shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. So those detestable things that he's talking about are the idols, the blocks, the stones that they would have. Uh, they were the false gods of Dagon and Baal. Now you may go, these are from the Old Testament. This stuff does not happen anymore. There's something called the Burning Man Festival in Nevada. They are actually have specifically returned to the Old Testament gods and they're worshiping them. They're doing the worship of Diana where they, they have just free for all. No matter who you sleep with, doesn't matter. I mean, it's, that, it's happening out in the desert. Um, they, are, uh, they have started worshiping Baal. One of the things that Baal would actually do is, is they would want you to cut yourself. Sounds familiar, right? What was the kid doing in Uvalde? He's cutting himself. It's like there's stuff that's going on in this world that is demonic. It tells us that in Scripture we see it. This stuff is being done in our, in our desert, and, and you're not talking about a small group of people. You're talking 144,000 people that are going to this thing, and it's growing and growing, and they're trying to introduce new, new false gods every time they do it. And so we have to wake up as a nation. This stuff is happening in our nation. And as Christians, we need to understand that there are detestable things in this nation that need to go. And that's what the Lord is trying to get the nation of Israel to wake up to here. And so so what, what does God say about detestable things? In Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 3, it says, And God spoke all these words, saying, 
I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourselves a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. And how does God deal with idols? Look at 1 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1-8. through 8. It's, uh, I'll just kind of briefly go over it. The Philistines captured the ark of God in the house of Dagon, and, and they set it uh, up besides Dagon. And what happens in, in verse 3, it says, And when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they took, it, took Dagon and put him back in, that, in his place. But when they rose early the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen face, face downward on the ground before the ark of the Lord. Now you may go, okay, well, something's knocking this thing down, right? But if you continue to read, it says, and, then, and, and the head of Dagon and both hands were laying cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. It goes on in verse 6, it says, The hand of the Lord was heavy against the people of Ashdod. He had terrified and afflicted them with tumors. With tumors. But Ashdod and its territory, and when the men of Ashdod said how, these, how things were, they said the ark, of the, God, the ark of God of Israel must not remain with us, for the hand is hard against us and against Dagon our God. See, God doesn't want you to have carved idols or images. Or are you worshiping to them? We have modern idols that we worship to, that we need to deal with in our own lives. Things that we, we, we worship to. Some of y'all may worship to the, the, the I'm going to pull my phone out. I left it over there. Y'all may be worshiping to your little phone. You spend more time on that than you do with your kids. Can I tell you something, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be too hard on the parents here, but this was something I saw. I, I took my, grand, my grandson had graduation. I had told the, um, I think I said it at the memorial. When, you know, I grew up in Alabama, so when you graduate anything, you celebrate because you usually repeat first or second grade a few times. And so you, you celebrate, right? But I have been to graduations before, where there's nobody there. The parents have barely shown up. But because of what happened in Uvalde, it reminded me of 9-11. The parents were grandparents, parents, uncles, aunts. It, there was no parking. They were parking in the grass. They were parking beyond the grass. There were balloons. There were bags. There were all this stuff for the kids. And I was thinking to myself, what is wrong with us? Why does it take a tragedy for us to recognize the thing we're supposed to be doing in the first place? As parents. Nurturing and building a foundation with these kids. It took that tragedy for them to see that. We see so many parents working two jobs and the kids, they don't get but an hour with them at night if that. How do you build a foundation of God on that? You don't. But we worship money. We worship things. Right? It's, it's like we have to be careful what we're allowing in our own life. The greed and the gluttony that we look to possess. 
In Isaiah 42, verse 8, it says, I am the Lord, that is, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor praise to carve idols. We have to deal with those things. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 12, it says, We should uh, not be like Cain, who was of evil, of the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. We look for scripture, we look for answers. You know, that, that festival runs during Labor Day. Thank God COVID happened because it got it canceled. But it's going to be back. It's going to be back. Let me tell you something. We have to understand, like, when we're, when we're marching to kill children and on TV talking about we need to kill children through abortion, and then the next week we're talking about saving children, we need to remove the guns, and then the next week we go on and talk about trying to transition children and mutilate children. At some point, we have to come to an understanding that we're lost as a society. We've lost our, our, our foundation in Christ. And, and this is the ripe time for revival. It's the ripe time. There is a revival happening. I'm remind, reminded of Gideon. The Gideon Bibles that went out. I had talked to Ryan Reese. Can Court, turn that AC on. It's too hot. I'll, I'll get loud. I don't want to, but I will. You know, y'all are y'all hot? It's hot. I'm hot. These lights is what it is. I'm getting caked up here. I'm getting. <laughs> but Ryan had one of the things that Ryan had said was when he he overdosed. He overdosed. And his dad's, you know, Raul Reese, his dad's a pastor. He grew up with the, with the pastors as a father. He grew up with the foundation in Christ. And yet, he ran to the things of the world. And it was when he got to his lowest point and he had overdosed and was brought back to life. The next day, he was in the, ho he was in the hotel and he was trying to figure stuff out. And he reached into the, the hotel, and he was not in a Panama City, or he was in another country. And there was a Gideon Bible there, and it happened to be in English, not in Spanish. And he opened the Bible and started reading it. Now, through Ryan and their organization, the Whosoever's, there's a revival happening in Mexico right now. God used that man. God used that Bible. All it takes is for us to return to the things that we were doing the first time. We need to return to the Lord. That was the theme of the men's, re the men's conference yesterday, is us returning back to God. We need to return and be imitators of Christ. And we have to return back to God. If we are going to repent, there should bear... There should be fruit that uh, bears. There should be fruit that bears repentance, right? And in Jeremiah four three it says, "For thus says the Lord up to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up the fallow ground and sow and sow not among the thorns." So he tells them to to break the fallow ground up. And some of us have some fallow ground that's going on in our hearts. 
See, it, it is cool for you to understand and be able to quote scripture to me, but if it's not here and this is hard, that's not going to help. It's, it's a heart knowledge. It is an application of a relationship with God. And that's why he's telling you, hey, look, that fallow ground, you need to break it up. It needs to soften. You need to let, that's what God's word does. That's what fellowship does. That's what prayer does. And, and for us, that's one of the things that we need to remember is, is that we, we have areas that can get hard in our life as far as our hearts. David had that because David, you know, we, we get to the moment where he sees Bathsheba. But that wasn't the moment that got David. What got David was the 17, he had concubines and wives. 17 women. He had already allowed compromise in his life because God never said that you could have polygamy. If you go back to the original word in Genesis, he said what? Man and wife. Husband and wife. That's it. But David started taking on more wives. He allowed that callousness to start up. And then, you know what? God needed to break up that fallow ground. And sometimes that's what we need in our own lives. It says in verse 4, Circumcise yourself to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your heart, O men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Let my wrath go forth like fire and burn with, with none to quench it because of the evil of your deeds. Do you realize that David's sin... David's sin was taught to who? Solomon. And Solomon did what? He had concubines and many wives too. But Solomon took it a little bit further and started allowing what? He started allowing foreign wives to come. And then from those foreign wives, what did they do? They brought in idols. And then what did the nation of Israel do? They started worshiping those idols. Do you realize it all stemmed from David's sin? When he, when he had laid with Bathsheba, it affected his family. It affected the nation of Israel. And it still affects us today. You reap what you sow. You see, God wants to operate. He wants to, to, to remove that callousness of your heart. He wants to soften it. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, it says, In him you were circumcised with circumcision, made without hands, but putting off the body of the flesh... By the circumcision of Christ. I love in Ezra chapter 9 and verse 4. One of the things that, that it says is uh, as, as he's reading the, the word of God. It, it says, as soon as they heard this and tore my garment and my cloak. And I pulled my hair from my head and beard and said appalled. Then all who trembled at the words of the God of Israel. Like that should be the effect of our heart. That's what should happen to our heart when we read the Word of God. It should affect it, meaning that it should break away all that stuff that needs to get broken away. You need to deal with it. They fell upon their knees in, in, in verse 6 and in, in Ezra, Ezra chapter 9, verse 6. It says, saying, oh my, oh my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift my face to you, my God, for... Our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. This is what I have been talking to you all about, is, is understanding what's happening in the, these verses. Is There is a disaster that's coming. There's a judgment that's coming. It's coming from the north. 
in Jeremiah. God's going to bring judgment, but God is still patient and long-suffering, and he's, he's hoping they're going to turn. Now, we, what is that? God already knows what we're going to do, but we have what? Free will. And within our free will, we make bad decisions. And unfortunately, as we see in Jeremiah verse 5, it says, Declare the Ju Judah and proclaim in Jerusalem and say, Blow the trumpet through the land and cry, cry aloud and say, Assemble and let us go into the fort fortified cities. Raise a standard. And what that is is a flag towards Zion. Flee for safety. Stay not, for I bring disaster from the north and great destruction. Meaning he's going to break break and destroy now see what we have the trumpet that we have inside of us as new believers in christ because we we live in the we live in the era of grace we have the trumpet of the holy spirit that's that thing in your conscience when you go i'm not supposed to be doing this the holy spirit's trying to get you and it's like, are you going to stop and listen to the trumpet, right? The Holy Spirit, and, and stop doing what you're doing and walk away. I told them yesterday, David, all he had to do, as soon as he walked out onto the thing, he goes, oh, naked woman, I'm out of here. That's all he had to do. But he didn't do that. He, he took a second look and he beheld her. He gazed at her with intent. Entertained is the word. It's a spectacle in the Hebrew. And so for us, we have these trumpets that are in us that are, are trying to remind us, hey, don't do that. Run away from that temptation. This is not of the Lord. In Joel chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming and it's near. When the trumpet sounds, we are to re return to Christ. It's, it's that, that, that reminder that it's, we are to return to Christ. It's, you know, there'll be a trumpet that's going to sound and the rapture is going to happen. And, and they're already trying to make that about aliens. That's why all this stuff that's going out right now is about aliens. Because they're going to have to explain that. The enemy knows he's going to have to explain that. I heard there's a pastor that's actually leaving like rapture kits. So when people are left, like the church is not going to be here. They got nothing else to blame on. And so there'll be Bibles and why what has happened has happened. And they're leaving them. So if somebody stumbles onto one, they'll have a Bible, they'll have instructions, they'll know what is happening. And you go, well, that's kind of silly. No, it's not, because it tells us in Scripture that Jesus is returning. And it can happen. There's nothing else that needs to be done. It can happen like that. You know, it's, it's, it's the reminder for us is that in that verse in Matthew about the, the five foolish bribes, some of them were asleep. And that's what I don't want from you. Because, look, if you, if you give your heart to Christ, you belong to Him, but there has to be, there has to be a, a heart change. You're a new creation. 
you have to you have to that relationship has to has to grow you know at, at the end of the day you know they don't turn back unfortunately we know this but this is a, a warning for us as a nation as well it tells us in verse 7, a lion has gone up in, uh, from his thicket, a, de a destroyer of nations has set out. He has gone out from his place to make your land a waste. Your cities will be ruins without inhabitant. For this, put on sackcloth, laminate, and wail. For the fierce anger of the Lord has, has not turned back from us. Now we know from uh, we're in... The lion is actually referring not to what you think it's referring to. It's actually talking about Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. Uh, and we know because we're in the book of Daniel, we know that that happened. Right? Because Daniel was part of the captivity that was taking place. And you can read about that in Daniel chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. But it says in Jeremiah 36, 23, the king would cut them off with a knife and throw them into the fire in the fire pot until the entire scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the fire pot. So we know that they, that they, were, they were taken away. Jehoiakim was a, uh, uh, through that verse, Jehoiakim was the king and he was a carnal king. He had received the scroll of the prophecy and he did what? He chopped it up and threw it in the fire. That's like somebody telling you, hey, look, your nation is falling apart around you. And they give you a note to tell you that and you just go and throw it down. And you ignore it. It's one of the things that, that Jehoiakim did is he he didn't understand that, that he couldn't invalidate the word of God. It was God's word. It was going to go on forever. He just didn't pay attention to it. And there are a lot of people that don't pay attention to it. Just like Jehoiakim. They were very carnal. In Jeremiah 4.9 it says, In that day declares the Lord, Courage uh, shall fell both kings and, uh, and officials. The priests shall be appalled and the prophets astounded. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, surely you have utterly deceived these people. And Jerusalem saying, It shall be well with you, whereas the sword has reached their very life. So we know in Jeremiah 5, verse 31, the prophets prophesied falsely. Is that happening today? Yes. Big time. Big time. And the priests rule at their direction. My people love to have it so, but what will you do when the end comes? That's in Jeremiah 5.31. See, God is, is, is calling out those that are deceiving His people. And that happens today. That happens today. At the end of the day, we, uh, I mean, I, I was telling you all about this before. I mean, we had somebody share with us, a, the, um, a pastor out of what? I don't know if you can call him a pastor. Our church because he's actually teaching that God is binary and that people are all people are binary you can be what you want to be and then he's also teaching that we got to change the our father who art in heaven scripture because we need to include mothers so on Mother's Day he rewrote the scripture 
to our mother who art in heaven. These things are happening. They're happening not even 70 miles from us. And so, yes, there are false prophets. There are people preaching things that are not proper. And we need to be aware of it. I love the Bereans. The Bereans had such an eagerness for the word in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. It says, Now the Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness. Do we receive the word with all eagerness? And it says in verse 11, At that time it will be said to this people, to Jerusalem, a hot wind from bare heights in the desert towards the daughter of my people, not to winnow or cleanse, a, wine, uh, a wind to fall, for, the, uh, for this comes for me. Now it is I who speak in judgment upon them. The wind would separate the wheat and the chaff, and, and the stronger wind would blow everything away. In Luke chapter 3, verse 17, it says, His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the weed into his barn, but the chaff he will burn up with the unquenchable fire. He's going to separate the weed and the chaff. Another way of saying that, he's going to separate the sheep and the goats. There, there's that destination. Which one are you going to be on eternally? Eternally going to hell or eternally going to heaven? I've said that to you before. You have to ask people, do you know what's going to happen to you when you die? Because the question that we used to ask, do you know Jesus? They'll say yes every time. Every time. But do they know him personally? Have they repented and asked him into his heart? Into their hearts? In verse 13 it says, Behold, he comes up like a cloud, like clouds, his chariots like whirlwind, his horses are swifter than eagles. Woe to us, for we are, all, we are ruined. All of these are metaphors. The, the, the clouds, the way that you can look at that is just think about a hurricane. The clouds build in, right? And they start to, to build up, and then the rain comes, and, and, and then the wind comes. And then it does what? It makes landfall. But it speaks to how quickly Babylon will plunder them. It's going to happen like that. Babylon's going to come in and just, they're done. But this is the, the part that I want to make sure we get. In Jeremiah 4.14, as we look at wash your hearts. Old Jerusalem, wash your heart from evil. That you may be saved. How long shall your wicked thoughts lodge within you? Wash your hearts. In Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 22 it says, Though you wash yourselves with lye and use much soap, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the Lord God. It doesn't matter what you think you can do to get rid of your sin. You can scrub all day. It's not going nowhere. What he's telling you is the only one who can wash your heart. David knew that in Psalm 51, verse 1. He says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be, cleansed, uh, be clean. Wash me, 
and I and I shall be whiter than snow. You realize the first bath didn't appear in America until 1842? I it blew me away. They used to think that a bath was something that a doctor would prescribe. And the first one was in Philly, where you could actually take a bath. We need to wash ourselves thoroughly daily. For some reason, Christians think that they only need to get right at a conference. Oh, I'm at a conference. Let me go ahead and get rid of everything right now. Man, you need to wash your heart daily. Daily. Confess your sins daily. I'm not a sinner. Yes, you are. The first sin you can confess is pride. <laughs> because pride comes before the fall. As Christians, we, for whatever reason, we think there's only one bath that we can get into. And there's a line for it. God is telling us to wash our hearts daily. Do it daily. You see, what happens is you think about it. All those people who didn't get a bath. Can you imagine what 1842 smelled like? Before the bath? And that's how some Christians are. They're, 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 their sin is a stench. It drives people away. It, it pushes people away from God. You need to get right and get clean. In John eleven forty four 44, it says, The man who died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen stripes, and his face uh, uh, wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. He's talking about Lazarus. He's talking about, like, like unbind him. Unbind the sin that's holding you. Just get rid of that stuff. It's keeping you from doing what God's calling you to do. And he says, how long shall your wicked thoughts lodge within you? That means you're harboring a refuge and making hospitality for evil thoughts. You're allowing it. That young kid in Uvalde allowed it. He made a refuge. He allowed it to become a place for evil thoughts to reign. It's, it, it, for us, it's a reminder that, that, man, our world needs God. They're looking for answers in everything but God. I met with the pastors for breakfast here. And one of the things they said, they were like, they were talking, hey, we got an answer for that. I can help you with that. Uh, no, we don't want to hear from the church. We'll figure it out. The problem that you're having is because of the evil that's around, because you're not allowing the Christians to do what they want to do. You can, you can tell my child all day long about transitioning, but I can't tell your child about Christ. We got an issue. Evil 
man when it gets lodged within you it's taken refuge it's 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 camped out you need to deal with that in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 it says do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind by the testing of you may discern what is will what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect see when your when your mind is ruled by God you know what the will of God is and you know you can distinguish what is not of the spirit and what is of the flesh that's why we are to be in God's word daily you know they hear pastors say that all the time man I'm tired of hearing the pastor tell me I need to read the word of God it's like that's what's going to change your life how do you distinguish what's good and evil how do you know what the will of God is for your life you're supposed to be, you know, the will of God is for you to be filled with the Spirit. That's in Ephesians chapter 5. You're supposed to be filled with the Spirit and not filled with what? Wine, which is short-lived ecstasy. A lot of people are, are living with a lot of short-lived ecstasy right now. They're not filled with the Spirit. And as Christians, that's one of the things that we have to pray that, that come back. Let's go ahead and get this moving now. For a voice declares from Dan and proclaims trouble from Mount... I I'm, know I'm going to mess this up. Ephraim. Uh, but that is the north of Israel. And so it says in verse 16, Warn the nations that he is coming. Announce to Jerusalem besiegers. So they had scouts and spies that were coming. That's in Joshua chapter 2 verse 2. Uh, come from a distant land, they shout against the cities of the Judah. Like keepers of a field, they are against her all around, because she has rebelled against me, declares the Lord. So they have people that are keeping guard of the fields, and, and they're, they're watching and spying. Verse 18 says, and this is very important, Your ways, your deeds have brought this upon you. This is your doom and it is bitter, and it has reached your heart. Four times you see the word your. Your. It was your ways, it was your deeds, it's your doom, it's your very heart. That's why we can't act surprised when we go, how did I get here? It was your ways. It was your deeds. It was your heart. It says in verse 19, My anguish, my anguish, that wrath and pain. Oh, the walls of my heart, my heart is beating wildly. I cannot keep it silent, for I hear the sound of the trumpet and the alarm of, of war. He's talking about the anguish in Hebrew means to, to, to have great fear and pain. And he's grieving in pain over what's going to happen to Israel. And my, my heart, the prophet is speaking to Jeremiah's heart as, as he knows what's coming from the north. It's the pain. His heart is beating wildly. And we have to remember in Psalm 145, verse 8, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. But do not think that he will not judge you. And that he does not know what's going on in your heart. Do you realize at some point he tells David? David is doing this for a year. 
and, and acting like he's gotten away with it. He's committed murder. He's committed adultery. Anyone else in the kingdom would have been what? Stoned to death. There's a verse where Nathan is telling him, and he tells him, because you repented, you will not be killed. I think it's in verse 13 of 2 Samuel 12. Adrian Rogers shared about that. And Adrian Rogers said, at some point, God will call you home. Look at Ananias and Sapphira. You're done. You're ruining your testimony. You're done. I'm call you home. And, and, and David, because David repented, David lived. Unfortunately, the son died. Because of his sin, that was the consequence of his sin. It says, verse 19, My anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. Oh, the walls of my heart, my heart is beating while I cannot keep it silent. For I hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. And so that one of the things that we know is we know there's an alarm of war that's happening. It's happening around us all the time. And we need to understand that our job is not to get into arguments. I don't care about left or right. I don't care about mask or unmask. I don't care about vax or vax. My, my, my number one care is your heart and where you're at with God. That's it. As Christians, that's what we need. When we start getting into that, and then we have gotten into that as a church, as a body of Christ in America, we've divided the church in America and we've become ineffective. Because you have people within congregations that are at each other's hearts. They're, they're arguing with each other. Arguing with each other on social networks, arguing with each other on Facebook. They're getting upset with each other and it's like, and the church is just going divided. I don't know how, you know, I, I think about doing the splits. I won't do it because I won't get up. But I think about doing the splits. It says that we're supposed to be one body. I don't know how the, 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 the legs going this way and the, the other legs going this way, how the body's supposed to get up and walk and function. You know, it, as a church, we're one body to do what? Preach the gospel, to share the gospel. We have a mission, and we need to get back to that. And, and so that's really what, when I read that about the trumpet and about the heart being, it's like, let's just get back to doing what God's called us to do. It says in verse 20, Crash follows hard crash. The whole land is at waste. Suddenly my tents are laid waste. My curtains is in, in a moment. How long must I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? That standard would have been the rally point, the flag, when the trumpet would have sound. And, and he's asking how long. And, and honestly... There, there's the church asking, Maranatha, Maranatha, come, Lord, come. How long, Lord? How long must we see this? And unfortunately, what we have is we have a church that's rapture ready, and they're not ready to do the job that they've been called to do here. They're just waiting to be raptured. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to sneak in. I'm going to do my thing. And then, I mean, I met a pastor at Valley High Baptist. That man was retired. He's still helping people. You're never retired. You don't ever hang up your boots. You may hang up a title, but you don't hang up. There's always something for you to do. You go, well, I can't, I can't go out like I used to. Can you pray? Can you pray? Can you have somebody come over to your house so they, you can counsel them? 
You don't have to go nowhere. Right? We go through different seasons of life. I understand that. But you're not done until God calls you home. It's so easy to just go, I'm done. I'm good. You know, let's go to the beach. But we, we have to understand that the trumpet has not sounded. It's not time for us yet. And until then, we need to be busy doing the, the, the Lord's work. Jeremiah 1, 42, uh, 22, it says, For my people are foolish, they, may, they know me not, they are stupid children, they have no understanding, they are wise in doing evil. Isn't that a shame? But how to do good, they know not. They're foolish. They do not know me. They, they're lacking understanding of who I am. It's like the generation after Joshua. They didn't know who... Who, they didn't learn any of the stories. There was a generation that was lost, and that's what we're praying that doesn't happen. I challenged the men yesterday. It seemed like it was all old guys like me. And I was like, where are the, where are the guys that are 18? Where are the guys that are under 30? You need to invite somebody next year. Because they're the next generation of the church. We need to train our children. The Lord is saying, look, they only know how to do evil. Do you realize this generation knows a lot about doing evil? They got a phone that shows them how to. There are all kinds. But let's, let's put Tide Pods in our mouth. Where did... I, I, my granddaddy would smack me in the head if he would have caught me doing that. It would have just been a quick, come here. <laughs> but you know, that's the kind of thing. They learn it from those phones. They're watching that stuff. They're being taught evil all day long. If they're on those things all day long, they're being taught evil. You need to know what they're looking at. And being childish is one of the things he says. They're childish. And, and verse 23 says, I looked on the earth, and behold, it was without form and void, and the heavens had, they, and they had no light. So it's like chaos is, is, is coming. It was compared to chaos described in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was over the face of the, de of the deep. And in verse 24, it says, I looked on the mountains, and behold, they were quaking, and all the hills moved to and fro. And I looked, and behold, there was no man, and all the birds of the air had fled. I looked, and behold, the fruitful land was the desert, and all the cities were laid in ruins before the Lord, before His fierce anger. You know, God loves us, and I believe that God uses truth and love to, to try to convince us or to uh, show us that we need to turn back to the things that we once used to do. In verse 27, it says, For thus says the Lord, The whole land shall be desolate, yet I will not make a full end. For this, this, uh, for this the earth shall mourn, and the heavens above be dark. For I have spoken, I have purpose, I have not relented, nor will I turn back. In Isaiah 65, 17, it says, For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. He's like, he's, all they had to do was repent. That's it. And God would have relented. It says in, uh, in, in verse 29, At the noise of the horsemen and at the archer city takes flight, they enter the thickets, they climb among the rocks, all the cities are forsaken, no man dwells in them. 
And you, O desolate one, what do you mean that you dress in scarlet, that you adorn yourselves with the ornaments of gold, that you enlarge your eyes with paint and vain, you beauty yourself, you lovers despise, they seek your life. There's a, a verse in Ezekiel 23, verse 7. It says, She bestowed by whoring up them the choices of men in Assyria and all of them, and she defiled herself with all the idols of everyone and after whom she lusted. It's like he's telling them, Look, you're going you're gonna to adorn yourself with all this stuff and paint yourself up and beat yourself up. And judgment's here. And verse 31 says, For I heard a cry as a woman in labor, anguished as one giving birth to her first child, the cry of the daughter of Zion, gasping from breath, stretching out her hands, Woe is me, I'm fanning before murderers. And it's, it's just talking about the procrastination. She finally throws her hands up. Reminds me of, of that verse in Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. You shall bring forth children. You desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. So will we break the hallow ground and wash our hearts? Remember, it's a daily wash. Every one of you have a bathtub or a shower in your house, right? You probably take one, some of you twice a day. Maybe once a day. But do you wash your heart daily? Do you repent? Remember, as a nation, we need to be bold in our faith. We need to be bold in sharing the gospel. Uh, we don't need to be argumentative. We need to share truth, but with love. And uh, we have answers to why a lot of this stuff is happening in our world today. We have answers on why it's wrong to try to abort any child, but to try to do one that's already born, which is like, right? We have answers for that. We have God's word. We know it's wrong. And we see uh, worship houses of Satan that have exploded across the United States now. Matter of fact, there's one in, uh, one in Galveston. And they have a, a house of worship that's Satan. And so they, they practice that, whatever that is. So these things are happening in your own state. You have pastors, you have false teachers that are just right down I-35. You have worship to Baal happening right in Nevada. All these things are happening in our world. But they're happening where? Here. In the United States. We need to wake up. We need to turn back to, to the Lord as a nation. But it's, it starts with who? You. It starts with the Christian actually living their life for, for Christ. Because if, if we're going to be, and, and the one thing I've always heard 
out of the years. I didn't come to Christ till 2009. The one thing I've always heard is, man, the church is full of hypocrites. And they are. Because I've met some of them. I've met some that just attend on Sunday and they act like a fool the rest of the six days of the week. And they lead the family the same way. And they, they are a bad testimony for God. And people use that and go, see? Our testimony is on display everywhere we go. They are watching you. They want to see, if is this real? Is he really a Christian? And if you mess up, man, be honest with him and say, you know what, dude, I blew up on you. I had to ask God for forgiveness. I want to ask you for forgiveness. I was wrong. You know what that'll do? That'll blow them away because people don't do that anymore. But you need to do it because you're a Christian. You're not perfect. We pursue holiness. We pursue righteousness. We pursue Christ. Okay? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for uh, us being able to take some time and get into the Old Testament on a Sunday. We, we pray, Lord, that you would help us uh, identify those things, the, those callous parts of our heart where the ground needs to be broken up. We also ask, Lord, that you would uh, wash our hearts clean as we, if there's anything we need to repent of, anything that we need to get rid of and, and get uh, toss it out, Lord, help us do that. Give us the strength and the perseverance to do it. We thank you so much for all that you're doing in this church. We do lift up Heather and the family and just ask, Lord, that you just take care of her every need. Uh, be there for the kids. And uh, we thank you for the marriages, the families. And, and just ask, Lord, that you would just continue to do a work in this church and a work in our lives and a work in this community. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we have to be out here by 1130. So we're going to carry our conversation out of the, the hall because they're going to be using it. Um, and um, I'm going to be talking to Jesse and try to work that out so it doesn't happen this way anymore. Because uh, I, I, my, where are my vets? I got one, two vets. BFW tomorrow. Vet, I forgot. I got three, three vets. Am I forgetting about Big John? How do I miss Big John? BFW is having a service here at 9 a.m. Uh, for Memorial Day. So if you want to come to that, we'll be here. Um, I'll be doing the prayer and the opening for that. And uh, y'all can keep that in prayer. And then I'm going to talk to Jesse about getting our sign up and all that other wonderful stuff that needs to be done. Calvarydivine.org if you need to get a hold of us. And uh, God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful, enjoy your day off on Monday. And if you get a chance, pray for our veterans. Pray for our, our uh, families that lost loved ones in the wars. And, uh, and thank a, a, a member of our military if you can. Because that's, that's the reason for the day off. It's not so you can run to the beach. Because remember, there were men that ran on the beach on D-Day. And died. God bless. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.